Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi friend, Kristen Klaus here. I have a powerful new course that is launching October 25th. This course is for women who are looking for healing from all types of abuse. Fully Restored from Abuse is a 12-week online course filled with so much information and goodness where we will dig into the root of the hurt and pain from abuse in a Christ-centered way. As a licensed professional clinical counselor, trauma coach, and one who has been healed herself from abuse, your life will be transformed from this course. If you are saying to yourself, I'm ready to be healed, I know there are soul wounds in my life from past abuse, I know I wasn't just hurt physically, but emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. If you are saying, yes, it's time, Kristen. I want to be healed. I want my life to be fully restored. Then go ahead, friend, and click the link found in the show notes for this episode. Now back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Terry Hitt. Her story is one that is filled with great love, great loss, and then more great love. One of the scriptures that inspired her on her journey was Luke 138. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it happen to me according to your word. And then the angel left her. Terry, welcome to the Fully Restored podcast. Kristen, thank you so much. I am honored to be here. It is an honor to have you be here and to share your story. You know, this isn't always easy to open ourselves up to be transparent to others about the good and the difficult things that we're facing in our life or have faced. So I appreciate that. Terry, could you briefly just tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do in your family? Of course. Thank you. Well, you know, when you try to describe your own life, sometimes it gets a little difficult. And so I had to really sit and think about the easiest ways to describe me. And I think I'm simply a woman who loves Jesus. And I truly do humbly strive to allow him to transform me moment by moment. I'm old enough that I've recognized how deeply I need that. I've been married to my husband for almost 43 years. We married right out of high school. One thing for me that is difficult to do is to describe myself. And so I think it's easiest just to kind of do it in bullet points. And I'm simply a woman who loves Jesus. And I humbly strive to allow him to transform me moment by moment. I've gotten old enough that I realize desperately my need for Jesus and for his work in me. And I've been married to my husband for almost 43 years. We married right out of high school. And one thing that most people find interesting about me is that I'm a mom of four children, but I raised my family in two sets. And so that has allowed me a unique perspective about parenting. First, I was the the youngest mom and Now I'm always the older mom. So it's been multi-generational child raising. I also carry 
the privilege of raising a beautiful daughter with unique needs, and I've become a strong advocate for her. I am a stay-at-home mom and homeschool mama to my two youngest children, and I'm the co-founder and owner of Mullane & Co. It's an online business that I run with my 16-year-old daughter, who is the artist, and I also produce a weekly podcast called Live With Eternal Perspective, and through that, I encourage and equip women to discover new ways to live for eternity through intentional lifestyle changes and a deeper focus on Jesus. I especially enjoy mentoring younger mothers to love and serve Jesus so well that they can't help but raise and influence children to seek Jesus and find their worth in Him instead of following society or culture. And I look for ways to follow God through obedience. And so that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Oh, that's wonderful. You are one busy individual for sure. So Terry, could you tell us a little bit about your story? You kind of touched on a few things, but go ahead and share with us about your story. Okay. Well, like I mentioned earlier, my husband and I married right out of high school. And by the time I was 22, we had a daughter and a son. And I underwent a hysterectomy because I had some medical conditions um, from the time I was 18. So we raised our children. And by the time we were 39, we were empty nesters. And you know, we really didn't have this urgency to start having kids again. We always thought, well, when they're raised, we're going to be young and we'll travel or we'll you know, continue working and save for retirement or whatever. One day, my husband and I were at the mall. And when we were leaving, I felt God speaking to me when I got in the car. And I told my husband that God just told me I'm going to be a mother again before I'm 45. And this was probably when we were 40-ish. And he wondered if he was going to die and I would marry a man with children since I wasn't able to have more children. And I said, no, it's going to be both of us. And we really didn't dwell on that. But I began a deep yearning to just, I guess, help women know Jesus and to raise children in the right way. And I started thinking about things that I would have done differently if I was raising children again and ways that I would honor God. And I mean, it was almost like these daydreams that I started having. And then a couple of years later, I shared with my husband that I had a recent dream that we adopted a baby from China. And he asked me when. And I told him it was about a week and a half ago. And he said, really? So did I, but I was awake. It was more like a vision. And I told him that I was awake too. I just called it a dream. And so we really began to pay attention to where God was calling us and what he might be telling us to do. So we really daily began praying together specifically for what God was working. And God made our paths clear. We started to meet people who had adopted from China. We found an agency to do it. And to shorten a long story, God made our paths clear enough that remembering what he had told me getting into that car, when the process started to slow down, people started to tell us we might be delayed, but we knew we wouldn't because we were 44 years old and we remembered that promise and we held on to it. So when we went to China, my husband turned 45 approximately, I don't know, just like five days after we got our daughter. And my birthday was four months later. So God, I mean, God was just perfect in his wording and his promise to us and his timing. Wow. I love that. I love your story and how really it's a story of being obedient to God, that God spoke to you and you both believed and were obedient to him. 
part to that. Thank you for that. Because at one point in the process, we needed $9,000 still. And we both worked at that time, but still we needed $9,000. And we prayed specifically for that amount. And about a week and a half later, my husband's employer came to him and called him into his office and said that they were giving bonuses out, but that my husband had done so well that they wanted to give him a little extra. And after taxes and tithing, it was exactly $9,000. Oh, God is so good. (laughs) Wow. That is amazing. Here, God was just clearing the pathway. I think of the scripture, you know, about the the highways and the byways and that we need to clear the path. And, you know, we pray that for one another, that, that all the boulders and all the things that are blocking our pathway, that they be clear. And God was literally doing that for you guys, right? Right. He was. Yeah. So a few years after you and your husband adopted your daughter, tragedy happened in your family. So could you share with us about what happened? Yes. Both of my parents had gotten very ill. And so I had been helping out with them. Well, actually, mostly my mother. She started to get Alzheimer's and my little one and I were very busy. My grown son was, you know, living his own life. He wasn't in the home anymore. But so when our daughter from China was about four years old, our oldest daughter, Jamie, passed away unexpectedly at the age of 29. And we knew that she was sick, but we didn't know how sick she was. She had a condition that caused blood clots and she got her first one at the age of 22. And it was a clot that was in the left frontal lobe of her brain. And it was so, so big that it's believed that she ended up passing away from a seizure that was caused by the extensive scar tissue from that, even though she was still taking her anti-seizure meds and her, her Coumadin. Oh, I am so sorry about that. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. So how are you doing with the loss of your daughter? How many years has that been now? She died in 2009. So it's been, it's been a while. You know, my biggest fear had always been to lose a child. And honestly, it was what was hardest as far as what people's remarks were. And I'm not talking about the hardest of the loss, but even just, just people. I can remember one day sitting at an event we had been invited to with family friends and someone said that they had heard I lost a child and, and they asked me some questions about it. And as I shared, this person looked at me and said, wow, well, at least they were older. It'd be so much harder if they were younger. And, you know, I thought you really, you can't quantify the loss of a child. You can't quantify anybody's loss. Yeah. Taught me to be more cognizant of what to say. Yeah. I'm thinking about my own family. My husband comes from a family of five boys and two of them, two of his brothers have passed away. And for his mom, who for her, they're her babies, even though they were in their 40s and 50s when they passed away, they're still her babies. And that loss is real. And there's an order that we feel that death happens and that we don't lose our children, but children, their parents pass. And so when it's not in that order, it's hard. It's very, very hard. Not that it's, you know, it's hard at any loss it for anyone, but the loss of a child, no matter what age they are, whether it is the loss of a, um, a miscarriage, a small child, an adult child, loss is loss and it's very difficult. 
Yes. And I 100% agree about the order of things. I can remember at the time thinking that I was there when she came into the world and yet I couldn't be there with her when she left. And it kind of plays into a short story I wanted to share about the Lord because he is so intimate and he is so personal that he ministered to me in a very special way because the day before she passed, she had been living in another state on her own. She had her own apartment by that time. And she called me every Monday and we spoke for long, about an hour or so every Monday. And on the day before she died, it was a Sunday. When I woke up to get ready for church, it was about 7.30 that morning. I walked from my bedroom down the hallway into the great room and there was a supernatural smell of her in the great room. It was so strong. That's why I say supernatural because it was her scent. You know, when you hold your your child as a baby and you kiss their forehead, you smell them. Yeah. It's not perfume. It was that smell. It was her. And it worried me. I I remember looking up saying, God, has something happened to Jamie? Am I going to lose her? And because it was just so strong. And I tried to call her before church and I didn't get her. And I tried to call her after church that day and I didn't reach her, but I didn't want to leave a message and say something some strange thing that would worry her. And so, you know, I thought, well, she'll call me tomorrow. The next day is when police officers came to the house to tell me that they had found her in her apartment. And, you know, at the time of the autopsy, they told me that she died between seven and eight that morning. And I really feel like God came to me 24 hours in advance to forewarn me, to prepare me, because when they came to my door to tell me, I was alone with my my little four-year-old and I remember holding her and thinking, I can't lose it right now because I have this child and one has just left this earth and I don't want to do anything to scar the one in my arms. You know, she's been through a lot already in her life and I just want everything good for her. So I really feel like God was there and he prepares us and he carries us and paves the way. Absolutely. And yes, how, I mean, that is so powerful of how God came in and prepared you. And we need to be aware of that because you could have just looked over that, right? You could have just disregarded it and not stopped and paid attention, but you stopped and paid attention to that moment, to the smell that you smelled that was your daughter's smell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what led you to adopt again? So here you are, you have a four-year-old. That's where you kind of left us at, that the police officers are there. You have four-year-old. And then what led you to adopt again when you were an older parent? Well, you know, we never really felt our heart was closed, but we never knew that there was a child out there either. So we basically just, well, I guess to back up from that, I had started an adoption ministry at church after we adopted. And I just helped advocate for children, answer questions for people, help people get connected to people if they needed financing, you know, grants, things like that. So I prayed a lot for domestic children and international children. And we took a map class to adopt domestically, but it just didn't work out. My father got really sick with terminal lung cancer at the time we were taking our map courses and we barely got through it. And you could just kind of see that that it wasn't God's way. It wasn't his timing. And so, but we felt prepared for whatever would happen. But one day I was scrolling through a site called Rainbow Kids and it's it's not an agency. It's it's like a central resource that links families and adoption professionals and children. And so I was praying for all these children and one face came up and I just thought it was the 
most precious little face. And I started praying for her and I looked into more of her information, got in touch with the agency, got more info sent in from China. And pretty soon the agency was telling me I knew more about her than anyone. And yet my husband and I continued to pray for three months because she was a palliative condition with her heart. And, you know, we knew that at some point we may outlive her. And so it really took listening to the Lord and the guidance he was giving to our spirit to know she was ours because I really knew that God had carried me through the deepest loss I had ever faced. And I knew that he would be there again. His promises are true. And he clearly tells us in scripture not to be afraid. He goes before us. I think of Joshua, you know, he tells us, have I commanded you not to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord is with you wherever you go. And I could feel him promising that she was ours and that he had good things promised for us. It didn't mean it would be easy. She was nine years old. She had lived in a crib for uh, seven of those years where no one talked to her or ate with her. They just waited for her to die. And so we knew it wouldn't be easy, but we knew that God was present and this was his plan and this was his child he was entrusting us to. And what I love about this, Terry, is that you're bringing up something that is really important about adoption that children with special needs or older children or this daughter that you were just sharing, um, this child at this time that wasn't, we haven't gotten to the fully adopted, but you, you know, made that decision to adopt her with the heart condition that she had. Many people steer clear of children with special needs. I have a friend who has actually adopted three children from China with special needs. One had has cerebral palsy, and when they first adopted her, she couldn't walk, and they said it would be um, hopeless for her to walk, and she's walking and talking and doing amazing. That's wonderful. And, and then they have two more, another daughter and another son, and um, they both have Down syndrome. And then I think about children here in the United States as well, not just in other countries. They are needing homes. They are needing love. They are needing parents. God spoke to your heart and prepared your heart to adopt this daughter, even in the face of we may lose her before we pass. So what enabled you to do that? What enabled you to get through the loss of your daughter at 29 years old, and then to be able to adopt with that thought of we could lose this child as well. I just think it was keeping my heart and my mind fixed on Jesus because, you know, earlier I had mentioned that my biggest fear was losing a child. And at that time, the year before we lost our daughter I had a Bible study that met in my house every Wednesday. And back in, I think it was May of 2008, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman, the Christian singer, his family lost, they had, I think, three daughters from China and they lost their youngest one, Maria. I don't know them personally, but it hit me so hard. I think probably because of the China connection, but I know also because God was preparing me again, going before me because I started writing them letters of comfort. And I started really praying for them just daily. I didn't even understand why it was so important to me to do that. But in hindsight, I realized that the scriptures and the prayers that I looked up and I sent to them and that I lifted for them at that time ministered 
to me later. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? I see that's a pattern in your life of how God has prepared you for each step of what you're doing. Would you agree with that? Definitely. Yeah. So where do you feel that you're at on your journey of being fully restored? Goodness. You know, loss is always difficult. And I don't think we ever fully get over loss because I feel like I live here with one foot on earth and one foot in heaven. Obviously, when I get to heaven, I want to see Jesus first. But right behind Jesus, I want to see my daughter. I've, I've lost other family members, my parents, grandparents, my wonderful father-in-law, but I want to see my daughter you know, right after Jesus. So I don't think we're fully restored until we stand in the presence of God, but I know that I'm fully equipped for life in this world because of the power and the redemption of Jesus, because he's the strength in me. I love that fully equipped. Absolutely. So with your life experience and where God has brought you today, what are two or three things that you can share with our listeners as they begin their own journey of healing? Mm, Golly, there's so much more. I would say probably the most important things is to remember that it doesn't matter what we go through. It's obviously important in our lives. But when we're troubled by something or we've got emotions or feelings that threatened invade our spirit, I think it's good to acknowledge them because they're real, you know, we're human. But then step back and think if it's not pleasing to God or if it's not in alignment with his truths, that we pray for him to help us to lift them to him and extinguish them to find a way to use them for good. I know like for me, one thing that I, oh, this is a weakness of mine. Sometimes I get frustrated if I'm on long medical calls or if I'm advocating for my daughter for things that just seem to be going round and round and getting nowhere. And so I get frustrated and I stop then and I recognize what's rising in me. And I stop and I think it would be so embarrassing if these people knew that I profess to be a believer, that I love Jesus. And so then I try to just turn it around and let the Lord really work through me. And so I really think that that's one way to try to live with eternal perspective and to try to be fully equipped in the Lord. I also think that, I guess it goes along with it, that as we live each moment to intentionally seek Jesus and allow him to transform us, because that relationship that we build with the Lord will craft a foundation of faith, but it also builds the relationship between our children and Jesus. Because when they see him in us, as we intentionally seek him and show him in our character and our purpose every day, they begin to do the same. And also, you know, God doesn't allow anything in our life to be wasted if we look for opportunities to reflect him and give him honor when we struggle and honor in the victories. Those are really good tips um, to help women on this journey of what they're facing, of whether it's grief. Well, really loss comes in all different shapes and sizes. There's grief, there's loss, there is, you know, putting yourself out there. And because you guys put yourself out there, you know, you opened up your heart and said, we're going to trust you, God, and we're going to love no matter what tomorrow can bring. And I really appreciate all that wisdom that you have shared today. So in the last few minutes that we have here, how can people connect with you? Well, thank you for asking. I do have a website. 
It's terryhit.com. So T-E-R-R-I-H-I-T-T.com. And on there, I do offer free resources that will help women to deepen their relationship with Christ and raise children who know Jesus. And I'm also on Instagram. I post most frequently on there. I have a Facebook page called Live With Eternal Perspective, but I, I prefer Instagram over Facebook. Okay, wonderful. So Terry, in the last few moments that we have, could you pray for our listeners today? You shared a scripture that is the scripture that helped you. Could you pray that scripture and just pray over their life, um, thinking of those listeners that your story resonated with them today? I would be very happy to do so. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for your sovereign will over our lives. We thank you for your care, and we thank you for your provisions for us. We are thankful for this time together where we have strived to give you praise and to give you honor. Lord, we know that you tend your flock like a shepherd. We know that you gather the lambs in your arms and you carry us close to your heart, Father. Thank you for carrying us so intimately through times of hardship and grief, and that you also experience joy with us in the beautiful times you give us as well. Father, we know you are good and we trust in you. Please help us to continue to release self to you more each moment and allow ourselves the opportunity and trust that you hold us in every step. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Terry, for joining us today. Our show notes and all the links shared with us today can be found at my website, fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. And I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on. You can go ahead and do that right now following the show, and I would greatly appreciate that. I would love to stay connected with you. You can find me on my Instagram and Facebook pages. Both of those are at author Kristen Klaus. I pray that this episode of the Fully Restored podcast ministered to you. I pray that it encouraged you and that it encouraged you in the sense of there is hope. In the midst of difficult seasons that we face in our life, in the midst of difficult loss and grief about trusting God in that process. And I pray that you have some new tools to walk away and walk out your own fully restored story. And remember friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.